Welcome to Just a Spoonful, the podcast that is young and fully sick. Everyone you hear speaking on this podcast is living with some kind of chronic illness or disability, but that's not the only thing about them. This is a fortnightly conversation with someone I find interesting, and I think you will probably find interesting too. And we chat about how we're living and what we're living for. It's called Just a Spoonful because I'm a spoonie, uh, and I want to hear about how other spoonies are living rad lives even through their health setbacks. And I want to know how they're doing that, and maybe they'll tell me how, and I can do it too. Um, And I hope that this podcast will be uh, a little spoonful of something to help you get through your day, whatever you're going through. I am your host, Caitlin Plyley. Hello. Uh, If you don't know me, I am a writer, poet, and performer living in Brisbane, and I have chronic fatigue syndrome. Um, If you don't know me, then that's awesome, because that means it's not just my mum and dad listening to this, even though I am really thankful that they listen. Thank you, mum and dad. Hello. I know for a fact that this week's guest's mum, this week's guest's mum, doesn't listen to podcasts, Uh, he assured me. So he gets really honest about his condition. We're talking surprise vomits, anxiety, psychotic breaks, the whole deal. Um, If hearing about any of this stuff might bother you, even though we pretty much just crack jokes about it and and don't really go into any graphic detail, but if you're still not into hearing about this stuff, then please skip this episode. Like, I don't mind. I won't be bothered. Um, I mean, I'll be bothered if you, like, tweet me a lot telling me that you don't listen to my podcast like that's unnecessary don't do that um but <laughs> if you're not really into hearing about this stuff then please skip the app um i'll see you next episode when i will have a really cheerful chat lined up for you um but today is actually a pretty fun chat because sam's a really funny guy uh, samuel mcguire is my guest today and um, you'll hear in the the conversation that he is he's very dry so i feel like i want to just preface this by saying that he was like, like he's does, he's one of those people that does the silent laugh. He just smiles at you and like, doesn't make noise when he's laughing. So in a lot of the podcast, it just sounds like he had said something and I'm laughing at him. Like I'm just giggling at him. He was laughing too. Okay. I just want to, I just want that on the record. He was like, he was laughing too. Um, so Sam and I, uh, Oh, uh, who is Sam? Well, Sam, Samuel McGuire is a writer living in Brisbane Um, He's had his writing published in The Lifted Brow, Stilts, Scum Mag, and he writes at his blog, Sky Decorix, uh, which I will tell you the details for later in the show. Um, He is living with bipolar type 1 disorder and an anxiety disorder, and the combination of these makes it a bit difficult for him to work, and we talk about that. Uh, We chat about the weird relief that can come with a diagnosis, Um, your mum reading your sad blog posts, and how great The Hunger Games is. Seriously, I'm, I'm, I, Mockingjay Part 1 comes out soon and I can't actually handle it. Um, Sam is really open about everything he's gone through and... Oh, that's my neighbors. Can you hear that? Yeah, sorry, I'm recording in my living room today um, because it was too hot to build a blanket fort. So the sound quality is maybe not the best and you might hear my neighbors... Um, singing they, they they like to talk to their dog a lot um about the dog's poop it's very um it's very unsettling when you're trying to work at your desk in the afternoon and you can just hear someone going good boy good boy good no more more good boy like and you know that a dog is pooping it's it's weird anyway um let's hear from samuel mcguire Samuel Maguire, hello. Hello. How are you? I, I'm very good, thank you. I, I enjoy your hair. Oh, uh, so do I. <laughs> I think I was reading somewhere on the internet that someone mistook you for the lead singer of Wolf Mother. Yeah, I, w- I was very pissed off about that. <laughs> you don't like Wolf Mother? No, I just think he looks like me. 
not the other way around. Oh, yeah. No, of course. Of course. I, nobody knows who, who that guy is. That's why they think you're him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows who you are. Yeah. Because I, I googled your name, and yeah. uh, apparently you were an Irish footballer. Yeah. I believe you were pro-Republic. Yes, I, 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 I was in the IRA. <laughs> I've been trying to knock that off the top spot for a long time now. <laughs> if you would just stop being in the IRA, people would yeah. stop talking about it. <laughs> I, I actually haven't been to another country, so really? I, I, I assume it's all just fiction. It's actually, it's like Truman Show. Like, uh, if you try and cross yeah. the bridge, um, then, like, they just, like, they stop you. They'll come up with excuses. You can't get on the ferry I'd, because there's nothing over there. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Do you ever think about the movie The Truman Show? I think about uh, it a lot. I, I had I actually had a Truman Show moment um, a little while ago. I wrote this blog post. I was in a kind of a bad place, and I was kind of writing about being trapped in your own head and not being able to talk to anyone. And I just finished writing it and went to post it, and it just disappeared. It was gone. It was completely gone. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That's really weird. I was just reading something in Lifted Brow today about um, psycho... Oh, what was it? It was like... It was, it was like um, the machine equivalent of psychosomatic uh, illness. So it was like, if you really don't want to call someone, your phone will stop working. Oh. Um, or if, like, you really don't want to post the blog post, WordPress will mysteriously stop working. That. that <laughs> don't tell me stuff like sorry, that. Sorry, sorry. I, I worry as it is. <laughs> no, I think it's kind of a nice thing. Yeah. Well, that's how I, I, I interpret it as, like, um, you've got more control over the universe than oh. you could possibly imagine. I see it as um, the machines got smarter than us, but they've got our backs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like um, they're all uh, the the Oracle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from from the, from the Matrix, of course. Yeah. That's what everyone means when they say the Oracle. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were we talking about? I feel like you were telling a story and I interrupted. Uh, you had a Truman Show moment. Yes, so I did. So what happened? Did you get I, it back? I, well, I assumed I'd written something so good it became self-aware and then um, <laughs> decided to leave this planet because it couldn't relate to humans anymore. Like in her? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Be honest now. How much do movies like her freak you out? Um, I, I loved her. I, I, I love that um, romantic comedy with some kind of weird object or creature. I don't yeah. know what that's. I don't know what that says about me. But yeah, yeah, I, it, yeah. It, it didn't. It didn't freak me out at all. I, you know, I got a bit teary. Yeah, no, I did too. I, I really liked it. Um, I was. I, I, I thought it was a beautiful film. I was held back from 100% loving it a bit by, um, the, I don't know, like that. I thought this the whole like misunderstood wounded man. Um, falls in love with a woman who literally exists to serve him was a bit and then yeah. gets annoyed when she gets her own life <laughs> it got on my nerves a little bit but I thought the movie handled it really well yeah it, and it, it did end up being quite beautiful it, it's also why I don't buy Apple products <laughs> I'm sitting here with my Mac open I've got yeah. my iPhone what do you think of me right now? oh uh, I, I don't judge <laughs> Because you're Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Jesus uh, didn't have an iPhone. Jesus. That, that's true. Think about it. There's no I in Jesus. <gasps> wow. There's no me either. He was that selfless. <laughs> I feel like I've accidentally made us take a right turn into blasphemy. I yeah. hope no one's offended. Sorry. Oh. I, I love Jesus. Oh, you looked up. I was thinking listeners, but you yeah. looked up. <laughs> You're right, him too. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm really quite a fan of, I love science fiction, and I really like dystopian fiction. Yeah. Where do you stand on the uh, issues? I, I love science fiction. I love writing it. I always wanted to um, write science fiction and fantasy, and, uh, and when I'm in one of my um, darker moods, I like to 
write write a good dystopian fiction. Do you, uh, now so you're living with bipolar? Yeah. Now, what's the full name? Bipolar disorder? Uh, yeah, bipolar type one disorder. Cool. Um, do you f- now? I think we we've talked about this a little bit briefly before, but do you think that your um, darker moods help you help you write? Like um, help you write dystopic fiction? Um. I I feel like they do that, like experiencing those extremes and kind of you, you, like a lot of the time you feel like it's the end of the world. So mm. that you get that you try. I use writing about the end of the world to, I guess, vent that emotion. Yeah, kind of the way a lot of dystopian fiction ha- has teenage protagonists because yeah. that's what that time in your life can feel yeah. like. Uh, for some of us, that continues into your 20s. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not 30 yet, so maybe the 30s as well. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really cool, though. Uh, have you written any dystopian fiction, like, published anywhere that we could read? Um, I only, I've only... Um, in, I, in the Stilts Adventure Handbook, I wrote a sci-fi romantic comedy about... Uh, um, man who falls in love with an alien in an alien invasion. With an alien during an alien invasion? Yeah. Wow. It, it's a very short story, but... <laughs> he dies almost immediately. No. Uh, no, no. no. He, um, it, it ends with a, a giant space battle and them declaring their love for each other, which I thought was nice. Oh, that sounds really nice. Think how different War of the Worlds would have been. <laughs> One of those, like, what, what were they like? They had big tripod, spider-like machine yeah. things. Had just sort of stopped, clocked one of the Englishmen, and just gone. Wow, yeah. that's the guy for me. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I, I hope someone has written some War of the Worlds slash Pride and Prejudice. Fan fiction? Oh, well, if if they haven't, they will soon. They will. It's out there now. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> so do you write every day? I, I try to. Cool. Because yeah. you, you update your blog quite frequently, um, which is Sky Decorix. Yeah. I think I'm pronouncing that, that right. That, it, I don't know how to pronounce it right. <laughs> it's, uh, where is it? Uh, how, do you, how do you spell it? S K Y D E double K E R I X. Awesome. I was curious when I was because when I was googling you, there's lots of Samuel Maguire's. Yeah. So did you kind of need a, a slug for your website that was going to be actually easy to find? I cho- I chose that when I initially started blogging to sort of hide my blog. I didn't uh. want anyone to see it, and then it well, I I'd if I changed it now, I'd have to change the cover art. So. No time. No, no time for that. And that's I can't. Nice cover art. Yeah. yeah. Um, my friend drew that for me. It oh, that's lovely. Is it? A, is it, now? It's kind of like a tortured face. Yeah. Where you're like, all right. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, no. That's what I, I have to write about. I, 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 I asked for some kind of um, demonic, horrible monster <laughs> thing. Cool. And what does is is Sky Decorix like a monster? Like, what does it mean? Oh, uh, it. It, I thought it was a word I came up with, but it turned out it was a Russian name, a very uncommon Russian name. But um, originally, it was sort of a catch-all term for all these strange personalities that were coming through my mind. So I just ca- called cool. it um, Sky Decorix, and then I wrote it down. Cool. Yeah. How, how many personalities? Like, did you ever count? No, I I, I never counted. I well, my memory is not very good. <laughs> so there, but they um, it was it was at a period of my life where I was very confused and I didn't know anything about mental illness or what was going on with my head. So all these emotions that I was feeling, all these weird states of mind I was in, I kind of view them as separate personalities, separate to myself and. Then I like came to the realization that it was kind of destroying my life, living all these separate um, personalities. So I encompass it all together to write about. Wow, 
because that that can be helpful sometimes or useful for a time to kind of compartmentalize yourself. Yeah. Um, just to deal with things. Yeah. But after a while, you can't. You can only live in fragments for so long. Yeah. Right? Especially when um like be, because of um the mania and then the swings to depression, I was getting a, a lot of very dark thoughts. I'd mm. get. Violent thoughts or thoughts about harming myself, and it was easier, I guess, to kind of separate that and see that as some kind of alien thing. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine that. I, I, I mean, I, I obviously can't one hundred percent relate because um, I haven't had to deal with that kind of thing that you're talking about. But uh, it's it has been. It has felt for many years since I got diagnosed the second time with chronic fatigue syndrome, ME, um, that I was pretending a lot because I, I would just not tell a lot of people that I was ill because a lot of people don't even believe it's a real thing. I don't know if people have that a similar attitude towards bipolar because you can't see it. Yeah. And it got a bit like um, I was, I'd be out and, and I'd be pretending that I was fine, that I was just someone who chose to like stay at home alone all the time. You know, and eventually it was kind of like, like in the last couple of years, I've just gotten exhausted with pretending and I'm trying to like, like, like kind of like what you said, bring all the aspects of my life together yeah, and merge them. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I think that, 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 um, getting good at pretending is kind of what's helped my writing a lot, like writings, pretending just on a, on a page. So I, as I've gotten as I've um, gotten older, though I've gotten older. Um, <laughs> You're I, ancient. I'm, I'm ancient. Withering. I, many lives of men I have lived. <laughs> um, I, I've I've gone more towards honesty, like try, instead of trying to come up with a story and learn from that, I like to view the truth and write as honest as I can. Mm. which um, stresses my family out a lot. <laughs> yes. We were talking about before about your your mum sometimes just comments sad faces on your blog. Oh, yeah. Um, every other one, because every other one's a happy post. Uh, <laughs> what does she write on the happy posts? Um, oh, she just likes those ones. She only, oh. she only puts a, a word in if she, um, it's going to be incredibly embarrassing for me or if it's going to make me feel bad. <laughs> Mums. <laughs> yeah. How like I guess uh, how long have you been writing your blog and how long have you been sort of being open about these things? Um, I started writing my blog when I first got on the disability pension and dropped out of uni, and I just I needed some kind of creative outlet, and then I just never stopped writing my blog after that. Cool. I know a lot of people. Uh, enjoy it. It pops up in my Facebook feed with lots yeah. of likes, so that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what was that like when you dropped out of uni and went on disability? Like, what was the timeline for the um, events around that time? So I, I moved out of home, and then after working for a little while, I went to uni, and I got halfway through my university degree, and then. I had a I had a psychotic break, which I was completely disconnected from reality. I was co- um, considering suicide. I was in a very rough place. I remember the morning that I before I told someone about it, um, I, I was going for a walk and I just couldn't handle trees. Like for some reason, the idea of trees growing out of the ground just disgusted me so much. It was it. When you put it that way, yeah. Yeah, it, it it was like like I just kept picturing mold coming out of this out of the earth and stuff, real crazy stuff. But um, yeah. Then after that, I I got diagnosed and started on medication. I decided to postpone university, and then I like the the process after you get diagnosed and first start on medication, especially because I'd never seen someone go through it before I didn't know what happened to people after they got diagnosed with a mental illness so a lot of it I just it was a lot of it was staying at home and being just completely knocked out by 
antipsychotics, and then like built. I guess I just built up my confidence with my writing. I tried to go back to uni six months after I got diagnosed, but um, I just um, flipped the fuck out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something about uni. Yeah. I got diagnosed right after I graduated from undergrad, and that last semester was the descent yeah. for me. I tried to. I got a full time job right after I graduated. It lasted three months before I like couldn't. I just couldn't walk anymore. It got yeah. worse and worse. And uh, yeah, I was depressed. Then I finally got diagnosed, and I, I don't know about you, but I I'd, so I'd been diagnosed first time when I was sixteen. Had a really bad year and then got better for a couple of years, but always had that fear hanging over me that it was going to come back or something that you know this awful thing was going to happen. Uh, and then when I got diagnosed, there, there, there's a German word for it that I can't remember that I read in Jeffrey Eugenides Middlesex. If anyone can remember it, please tweet me at kplyley because I really don't want to read the whole book again. <laughs> it's a really long book just for this one word. But there's a German word for the sense of relief that comes with loss or grief. And that's... I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't know the word, but it was like... Probably because I dropped out of uni. <laughs> yeah. What do they? What do they really teach you? Yeah. I mean, really, uh, I don't. I don't hardly know anything. Um, but uh, yeah, there was this word uh, that this word, uh, and that was exactly what I felt. The, the worst thing I could imagine at that time had happened to me, and I felt relieved because now I didn't have to worry about it I, anymore. I, I I know exactly what you mean. Um, I was always growing up really worried about having schizophrenia. Mm. My uncle had it and he died very young and I'd never really saw much of him. It was just kind of this story that was hanging around in the background and I was very worried about it. Um, and then uh, like I could I I could see all this stuff coming up and I was pretty sure that I had schizophrenia, so when I approached, like, having that um, confirmation that you're actually not just not handling a normal life, you're, yeah. there's actually um, so, something hindering you, not just you being very bad at it. Yeah, you're not just incompetent. Yeah. You actually have... A thing on your plate that's difficult to deal with that other people don't have. Yeah, yeah. So did that? Did, did you feel a bit better? I mean, uh, better maybe isn't the right word. Uh, well, I, I, I felt more focused. I guess I knew what I needed to do after then. Cool. Yeah, that's the beauty of a diagnosis. Um, do you feel? Maybe you don't feel this, but sometimes the problem with the diagnosis, though, is that it does focus you, but it also maybe, like, narrows down your identity a little bit. Yeah. There's a big thing in the the Spoonie community. Which I don't yeah. know if you've heard of the Spoon Theory. I have not. Uh, it's basically uh, a, a woman wrote a blog post uh, where she was trying to explain to a friend what it feels like to live with uh, chronic fatigue syndrome uh, or, you know, any kind of invisible illness. And uh, where you can't really see what's wrong with the person. And she gave her friend a bunch of spoons and then said, like, okay, I have breakfast. That's a spoon. And took a spoon away. Just kept taking. And for every, like, everyday mundane task, took another spoon away. And then at the end of the day, it was, like, 1 p.m. and there was one spoon left. She was like, that's what it feels like to just have no energy because you've just tried to do normal things. Um, So, yeah, in the Spoonie community, I suppose... Um, I forgot what I was saying. See, this is a problem. <laughs> this is a problem of living with MECFS. Is the brain yeah. fog? <laughs> I lose my thread a lot. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I. That's I, it. Sorry, it's about not identifying with your uh, diagnosis too much. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a problem. Um, two, two of my family members, my brother and my sister, have also both been diagnosed with bipolar. And it's, it's a struggle, like, getting past that and seeing yourself functioning as a person outside of just being mentally ill. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I, I tried to use the fact that I was mentally ill and tried to use it as a foundation for my work to actually make it drive me rather than hold me back. 
but that also makes me I guess a bit too narrowly focused on my illness as well but I, I guess I'm trying to turn that into a positive. Yeah, and bipolar isn't something that you cure with healthy eating and lots of sleep, is it? No, no, it's it's not. Um, e- even with med- medication, medication is more like power steering. Yeah. For your for your emotions, if you can, if that's a concept that can be grasped. I like um, that. Yeah, it's it's something you have to be aware of constantly and it it takes a very long time to figure out that distinction between what are your bipolar emotions and what are your actual emotions. Yes, I can imagine. Um, I know I have enough trouble trying to figure out am I normal tired or chronic fatigue tired? Like, am I about to burn out or is this just what normal people feel like at the end of a day of work? Yeah. Hard to tell. <laughs> I've lost my thread again. <laughs> um, mm, sorry. Very, very tired this weekend. <laughs> um, well, I guess I'm curious. I'm curious about, like, I'm curious what an average day in your life looks like. If there um, even is an average day, if you can even characterize it that way. Um, well, my mum doesn't listen to podcasts, so, uh, (laughs) uh, it's generally, it's wake up at, um, whatever time I wake up, it, that's up to the gods of fate. Um, then it's, um, the, the early morning is very rough. It's, um, trying to nip the anxiety in the bud and not throw up and I do I do throw up a lot general every other day wow. generally um but after that it's for me it's I generally think about work for the a good portion of the day until I've actually got some work done I'm on work time so that that could go eight to eight o'clock in the night that could go to in into the next day until I've actually um done my what I consider my job um then I'm just on work time but so mainly it's sitting around drinking coffees and smoking cigarettes and looking tortured <laughs> would you happen to be a a Ginsburg fan I'm just guessing I I know no <laughs> no I don't I I don't know who Ginsburg is <laughs> I'm not I'm not very smart but I can lift heavy things <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah. I just, I like, you know, the, the smoking and looking tortured. I feel like I, that's a very, I don't know, who are all those, who are all those, like, beat poets that all the tortured uh, young guys love? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I just like cigarettes and coffee. <laughs> you're, you're in good company, I think, there. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people really enjoying that. Um, so when you say work time, is that... Uh, physically writing or more thinking about what you're going to write? Um, it, it, not a lot of it is physically writing because I, I, I like to get a very clear idea of what I'm doing in my head before I set set pen to paper. So a lot of it is just sitting down and thinking. It 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 doesn't look like I'm working. I'm, <laughs> I'm, it looks like I'm sitting around being lazy, but I'm actually think, thinking very intently on um what I'm trying to produce. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, that's an easily misunderstood thing about creative work. Yeah. Um, I wrote a blog post about this recently, actually, about uh, Tony Abbott saying that people who were unemployed or underemployed didn't have the right to hold out for their dream job. And I was like, if anyone looked at me they, like all day, they might think that I'm not doing anything. Um, that I'm like holding out or something. Yeah. But it takes a lot of unpaid hours to get really good at something. Yeah. And those hours you can't really do without them. And I just feel like if we're so like basically, I felt like Tony Abbott's attitude was, um, if you're not any hour, you're not in paid employment. Like if someone's not paying you for your time, then it's not worthwhile time. Yeah. Not it's not time well spent. But you have, like, if you want to be a writer, you have to spend 
well, as they uh, say, 10,000 hours. Yeah. Doing your blog or it, scribbling. It, it, <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Like, um, it, it, it's... It's not as easy as it looks, and you do, especially when it comes to actually submitting and getting your work out, like putting yourself under public scrutiny. So, um, it it's it's what what I get out of writing I, is way more than what I could get out of just having a salary. Mm. Uh, it it um because because of the fact that I am bipolar, actually need writing to process my thoughts and turn my negative thoughts into positive thoughts so I can actually get through the day so it's it's it feels it's kind of like being employed to be yourself yeah I like that though though um liberals will hate that (laughs) liberals big l yeah liberals little l will love it I feel yeah That, you couldn't one, get more liberal arts college than that. <laughs> I, sw- I swear they chose that name on purpose just to confuse us. <laughs> the Greens should have like named themselves, I don't know, the Concrete Party or something, <laughs> just to continue the tradition yeah. of party names. I have nothing to do with what they stand for. <laughs> see, see, Labor did it. They don't do anything. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Bill Shorten spends a lot of time thinking of those mean put-downs yeah. for the coalition. He works very hard. 10,000 hours. He's put in his 10,000 hours. <laughs> well, it's worthwhile because he gets paid for it. Well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I found out recently, and this is totally a sidetrack, but I found out that politicians get paid. Now, I'm not sure like what level you have to be at. Uh, but if you're an MP, you can be an MP for one day and you get a pension for the rest of your life. It. Do they have Do they have to submit forty applications a week? <laughs> I mean, I I I I stopped getting angry about stuff like that <laughs> just because otherwise I it wasn't going to happen on its own. Yeah, you're looking at me all zen, and I feel feel like you're right. Right, Sam Samuel Maguire. I need uh, to. I, I'm a Zen guy, but that's just because I'm t- on a lot of medication. <laughs> <laughs> I still get angry. <laughs> uh, I've actually had people tell me that, like, that I, that I'm very chill, and which, which it's 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 all um on fire up in my head. Just I, I'm good at keeping very still. It's. It's a learned yeah. trait by necessity. Yeah. Right? Well, you kind of learn to make it invisible because otherwise you're never not talking about it. Well, that's why I started this podcast, to be honest. Yeah. I felt like I'm always talking about my condition to people and it's depressing. Yeah. Uh, and not, not because my condition is inherently depressing, but I have to explain every time I... I have to talk to a new person about it, explain to another person in my life why I have this lifestyle. It's because I live with ME-CFS. The next question is, what's that? And I have to explain. And then they think, usually they think, oh, okay, you sleep a lot. Like, no, that's that's a lot more to it. And then I have to go through my symptoms and, and, like, everything that's kind of wrong with me. And then I get really sad. And to have to, like, go through that thought process, like, twice a week... (laughs) Yeah. It slows down my, my actual living, like my life, because I have to keep stopping to focus on everything that's wrong with me. And anyway, so I kind of started this podcast to sort of, I guess, have an outlet to talk to other people who kind of understand yeah. what this is all about, um, similar experiences, but also just have a space to talk about it in a way that's realistic. I think, you know, positive, but realistically positive. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, we're living with some pretty messed up symptoms. Maybe we have to vomit every second day. I know yeah. I, I have surprise vomits. Maybe yeah. for me it's about once a month, but I'm, it's, you I'm never not know surprised when. Surprised anymore? <laughs> <laughs> I never know when they're gonna happen. Yeah. My my dog used to get worried about it, just like sit there and stress out because I was vomiting, and then eventually she got over it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
It doesn't help sometimes, does it, when it's kind of a regular part of your life and another person's yeah. freaking out about it. Yeah. I, I, I've I've got I've gotten very sick of um, people asking me if I'm all right mid vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, I. <laughs> I'd be all right if I didn't have to talk during it. <laughs> yes, I have I have asthma, and so <laughs> sometimes I have to use my inhaler, and I try and always go into a bathroom, a toilet stall, yeah. to use my inhaler, like excuse myself, because if I do it in public, it, every single time, because you have to hold your breath for like, I don't know, like a minute and a half after you do the inhale, someone will always start asking me if I'm okay while I'm holding my breath, <laughs> and then I have to kind of point and flail yeah. and they get really confused and kind of annoyed why won't she talk to me and yeah. then I, I'm like just you know <laughs> if no one had paid any attention to me it would have been fine Yeah. <laughs> now it's become a whole thing everyone's like why are you holding your breath <laughs> yeah I, I have the same thing where I get like my hand seizes up because of anxiety so I'll get, I'll get like a claw and then some people will ask me about it, ask me about it until I just get angry about it and then I get the claw even more because <laughs> because I'm I'm angry because people keep looking at my claw. <laughs> just ignore the claw. Claw doesn't matter. <laughs> All I can think is that scene from Liar Liar. Uh, yeah. It <laughs> it's like that but it's not funny. <laughs> You don't do like a fun like Carrie Ills or whatever that guy the whatever that guy's name is and just start going the claws gonna get you yeah, yeah. You turn That's, it into a comedy routine I, I I'm usually pretty preoccupied <laughs> at that point to, to uh, and also I I think I would lose a lot of friends <laughs> oh. You don't make friends with the claw. No. <laughs> That's a tricky thing about anxiety. I've got anxiety too. Um, luckily, mine's pretty mild, but um, the more people ask you, when you're anxious, the more people ask you if you're okay. Yeah. It's like if you're, like, you know, upset about something and you go to work and you're, like, thinking, I just got to hold it together. And the first person to ask you, are you okay? You just burst into tears. Yeah. Like if nobody, if everyone ignored you, you could hold it together and be yeah. stoic. But as soon as someone shows you some kindness and sympathy, you're just like, I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I use cigarettes to kind of keep a lid on my anxiety. So if I'm having a conversation and then I need to get a bit of space, I go out for a cigarette. I'm like the problem being when people want to join me for my cigarettes or say, oh, no, it's all right, just smoke out the window and we can still talk. And <sighs> you, you just try to let it you, – you try to sneak little things like that in. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Do you have any other, like, mechanisms for getting out of uncomfortable social situations? Um uh, I, I or do you not want to share them in oh, case no, no, your no, friends no. are listening and they're like, oh, no, no, that's no, what he's I, doing. I'm a, I always endeavor to be helpful. Um, <laughs> I use walking a lot. Um, instead of taking a train or getting a lift with someone to a place because I do not drive, mm. the world doesn't need a person as crazy as I am on the road. <laughs> um, the claw. So what, like... I'll walk for a stupid amount of distance. I once walked four hours home because I didn't want to get a lift wow. home with someone. And I use that to, I guess, have a space between social interactions where I can regather my thoughts and get a bit of endorphins going. Yes. Yeah, I get, um, well, obviously I've got chronic fatigue. I get exhausted a lot. And social situations are tiring because usually yeah. there's lots of lights and sound and I have to stand up and talk to people. And yeah. Like, which I love. I love all those things, but yeah. it's exhausting. And um, sometimes I have to get taxis because I'm too tired or, you know, the buses are finished. So I also don't have I don't have a car. Um, and when the taxi driver wants to talk, yeah, and I don't want to talk. And I love talking to people. I've got a podcast for fuck's sake. But, like, sometimes I'm too tired and yeah. I have this – I don't know if you ever – 
I have this simultaneous problem where I don't want the taxi driver to know that I'm not well yeah. or that I'm somehow impaired because I feel like in my mind I'm like that's when he'll, he'll be like she's vulnerable attack because yeah like taxis I, aren't the most safe place in the world I just pretend to be pissed off oh I, I do that just like he I, knows what he did I, I I do that with walking as well like um if I'm going through a particularly stressful area of town, I generally try to avoid those, try to go to the roads less traveled, to put it in a way that sounds better than trying to avoid people. Um, <laughs> I, I generally, I get a frown on, I look very pissed off, and I, I try to lengthen my gait and look as inapproachable as possible just so, just so I can get a few seconds where I don't have to have a goddamn conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you are like George Costanza, or <laughs> what's that guy's name? Larry David. I yeah. was watching an interview with Larry David recently. I feel like you and he. I would like to say you and he would get along, but actually, we, your similarities mean that yeah, you'd, we'd you hate wouldn't. each other, <laughs> and we'd or, be right to hate each other. <laughs> Maybe it'd be perfect. You guys could just sit together in silence. Neither of you'd be uncomfortable. Just be like, don't want to talk. Uh, We would gain some kind of mutual respect from just neither of us saying anything stupid. (laughs) Because you haven't said anything. Yeah, exactly. It removes that possibility. Genius. This is genius. You are blowing my mind. (laughs) I've got the opposite thing. I I become hyper friendly the more uncomfortable oh. I am. Uh, I think I think it's kind of maybe a gendered thing as well, um, because that's that's what tends to be more of a female coping mechanism. As we're taught, like you know, make yourself as uh, non-threatening and and you know amenable as possible, so that no one will get mad at you. And <laughs> <laughs> so I tend to get really like chatty, and of course I get more exhausted. My brain stops working. And I'm I'm still chatty. But I'm not making sense anymore, and I can't really connect the dots in my brain. So I'm sort of saying truncated sentences. <laughs> yeah, I, like I can see that people are getting uncomfortable about my quietness and my frown, and I'm trying not to. But sometimes I just I just can't do a sentence, not even one. And they're like. You know, that motherfucker from Wolf Mother is really unfriendly. Yeah. All, all he does is sit, sit in the corner and smoke cigarettes and try to look cool. He hasn't had a hit in years. Yeah. He thinks he's better than us. <laughs> See, this is why I'm pissed off about looking like the lead singer from Wolf Mother. It's, Wolf Mother is not, not a big band. There's absolute, absolutely no benefit to it other than um, you get to find out people's shitty music taste when they ask for your <laughs> autograph. <laughs> Did someone get, try and get you to sign his shirt? Oh, yeah. Um, I was I was actually on one of my walks, ah. and I was walking past a night owl and some um, teenage kid with a skateboard and no front teeth came out and asked me if I was the lead singer of Wolf Mother, and I gave him a look and said yes. <laughs> <laughs> thinking he was just some shitty kid trying to have me on because ah. because that's the whole reason why I'm walking everyone <laughs> every, all these shitty kids trying to have me on but then he then he asked me to sign his shirt and I said are you doing a bit and he said what <laughs> and then I said I'm not the lead singer of Wolf Mother he didn't even know the lead singer of Wolf Mother's name no um, one does no, no one, one no does. one does that um, and th- and then he s- he said he said oh and I said I-, I can sign your shirt anyway and he said no that's all right. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the joke's on him because he could have had the autograph of Sam McGuire, yep. stilts writer, yep, known author. <laughs> no, no, known, no, known by um some and very few all at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, where do you write? I know that you publish on Stilts I've, and your blog. I've published on Scum. Mm. I've published 
Um, the just just wherever I can find somebody who'll take my work. I'm very freelance. Yes. Yeah, but uh, I mainly just publish my own stuff at the moment because because of, of nerves. But um, I try I try to send stuff out to get it in other things. I was published in this Canberra journal for student writers from the Canberra University and they never found out I wasn't from Canberra University. Student magazines don't. Their care factor is low. Yeah. <laughs> I edited one for a year and I was getting, I was getting, I've been published in like three different university student magazines just because, and this is really bad and maybe I shouldn't reveal this, just because my mates were editing them. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, Caitlin, no one's signing up for our writers group. You've got to come. <laughs> Everybody's friends with each other already in the writers, in the in the writing industry. It's just a big circle of friends. Yeah, it kind of is, which is nice when you're in the circle. Yeah. <laughs> Outside of the circle, it's horrendous. Yeah. Do you think? Oh well, I I don't really know what it, I didn't know there was an outside the circle thing going on I just had some friends that were writers and then got some stuff published popular kids honestly uh, yeah <laughs> you're like I just can't help it if I'm popular <laughs> uh, oh no I, it was only like I only made friends who were writers because um Michelle Law came out I was at uni and I just started I knew no one I was from the, the middle of nowhere and I was just sitting by myself and Michelle Law came over and kind of dragged me over to this big group of friends and that's how I made all my um, friends that I have in the writing circle. You'll be telling biographers that one day. Well, I'm, well, I'm fairly certain. Well, at, at the very least, Michelle Law's biographers because uh, she is the greatest. Oh, she, she is. <laughs> She's the best. I have a girl crush on her. She's well aware. I tell her every time I see her, <laughs> which I think makes her really uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a big, like, um, I have trouble drawing the line. I, I like, I want to be friends with everyone. That's, yeah. I, it's, I, it's my blessing and my curse. <laughs> I, I, have the, I have the same problem. <laughs> I, I, I've, met, I've made way too many friends, and then... I just, I, I forget some and then I feel bad because I forget some, but I can't help forgetting. Yeah. Do you find, um, so you're on social media. Does it yeah. make it harder? I, f I find it makes it harder for me to draw the line around who's an acquaintance and who is a close friend because I'm kind of seeing everyone's lives played out in front of me all day if, if I'm on Facebook all day, <laughs> which I am. Uh, and so I'll think I'm closer friends <coughs> with people than maybe I am. Because I know a lot about their lives, but I'd never see them. I, I think the trick is not to think about that. And that's, oh. yeah, you just treat them like you're, they're your friend. And then it doesn't matter if any, either, either way. Oh, yeah, of course. But, I mean, you know, you um, try and be friendly to everyone. Yeah. But, and I do I genuinely do. like I, everyone. I, I just consider them all my, my true friends and don't care what they have to think about it. No, that's really cool, and that that's a great attitude. I think the thing where that I get, and obviously you'll know, I've got anxiety, so of course, yeah. of course, I overthink everything. Yeah. But um, I worry because I've had people get annoyed, like if I don't get in touch enough, or or like, I don't know, I, I missed someone's birthday, and I miss a lot of birthdays because I'm often home uh, in bed, trying not to vomit. Um, but it's like trying to figure out who are those people you really absolutely have to make time for or are they an acquaintance who's not gonna be fussed oh well well the the way I guess it's kind of worked for me is the people that you really should be making time for understand when you can't make time for them You're very wise Samuel McGuire I've lived a lot for a 25 year old <laughs> Listeners, you can't see Sam, but he, he, he's like Strider from Lord of the Rings. You know, he looks mm. both youthful and, and vital, but also wise and ancient. 
and I've got a giant cleft chin. <laughs> and a really long ball pipe. <laughs> I, actually, I used to have a very long Gandalf pipe um, when I lived in Ipswich, and then some gate crashers at a party stole it. Those shitheads. Yeah, I'd, I smoked with that pipe every day for about six months. So oh, they man. can they can have it if they want. It was kind of gross. <laughs> Did you feel so? I love Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, oh, of course, of, you, it's you can't not. Well, I know, right? It's almost like I just oh, when people are like, oh, I didn't really like it. It's too much description. I'm like, just what's wrong with you? But um, <laughs> lots and lots of judgment on my part. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, I kind of feel like if I got, if someone, so like I have like a Lord of the Rings ring. I don't know where it is now, but it, maybe it's stolen. Maybe it is stolen. But if someone stole it, I'd kind of be like, I'm really annoyed that someone stole from me. But also, wow, they've yeah. got really good taste. <laughs> so, so, so it's not the Lord of the Rings ring. Because if someone stole that from you, you'd get violent and then. <laughs> <laughs> Who's and, to say I didn't? Oh, but well, you've got the ring back now. I mean, this this is no, I, I haven't got it back. But I feel like because uh, we're we're in the State Library of Queensland right now, this is the Grey Havens for me. So I'm yeah. calm here. Uh, okay, I've calmed down. Uh, the magic of the elves. Yes, <laughs> I eat lots of uh, elven bread. Yeah, the tremors in my hand have stilled. <laughs> I, I actually used Lord of the Rings as sleeping medication for a good portion of my earlier life. That's another. That's another. Um, I guess anxiety hack. It's ah. Lord of the Rings. It'll put you to sleep better than um, pills will. Like reading it? Yeah. Wow. That's Not why the movies. The movies yeah. are all. No, oh, the mo- the movie movies are great as well. They're, oh, but really? they're great for a different reason. If you need to have some kind of life changing moment, it's kind of like a microwave meal for life changing moments. Yeah, I, I've got things like that. Um, I don't know if you've heard of the Lizzie Bennet Diaries on YouTube. No, I ha- I haven't. I'm shocked. Uh, I'm not really shocked. It's <laughs> it's a transmedia vlog adaptation of Pride and Prejudice, and it's wonderful. Um, and I I'm glad that we have unlimited data at my house because I rewatch it a lot. So I just <laughs> rewatch these YouTube videos until I fall asleep. Yeah, I, I, I tend not to read a lot of new things because I like I I use books and media to kind of help control my moods. I'm the same with music, so generally I'll go to something that's worked well already rather than having some new thing swing me in an erection. I don't know. That's that that's the swing wrong you, thing. Swing to you swing you an erection? In a direction, <laughs> it could swing me in an erection. I don't want either. We don't. Nobody wants an unexpected erection. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, don't apologize. I walked into that. <laughs> Feel like I'm a teenager again. Is this? <laughs> Wait, are they? Are erection jokes supposed to stop being funny at a certain age? No, no, right. Erections um, just stop coming as a surprise <laughs> after a while. <laughs> this is good. I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm I'm the same with like music and books. I tend to reread the same things over and over. And this year, I joined a book club because since since I finished university, I mean, I stopped. Like at university, you have to read new stuff. And without, without like, a professor or a deadline, I just stopped reading new things and basically just rereading Harry Potter. Yeah. There's a lot of Harry Potter to read, so you could do that. <laughs> you can do that, like, once a year. Just that takes you about – well, it doesn't take me that long. That's a good month, I feel, you know? Yeah. Month of sleeping. It's Harry Potter. <laughs> I, I think I've read Lord of the Rings nine times, one for good. each member of the Fellowship. Aww. That that's just a coincidence. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> that would also mean you'd have to stop now. Um, I thought there were twelve people. In there was. There was going to be twelve. Right. No, no, no. The fellowship of the ring was nine. 
uh, uh, on there. No, I think you're right, but I'm. Um, there was, Am I getting there was going to the be Games? 13 in The Hobbit, and then Bilbo was the extra one. Ah, oh, maybe. I think I was actually thinking of The Hunger Games, though. Oh, The Hunger Games. <laughs> 12, 12 districts. But there uh, were 13 districts. Yes. Spoilers for Mockingjay Part 1. Yeah. <laughs> I, I loved those books. The Hunger Games? Yeah. Loved them. I didn't wear my Mockingjay pin today, <laughs> which is disappointing, but. What did you, all right? Let's do this. Let's just do this right, right now. What did you love about them? Um, I like I like the violence. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, the, it was just um. <laughs> I I guess it was the main character. The main character was so callous and disconnected and just completely heartless. And oh, uh, well, she loves it, her sister. That that's true, but like, she doesn't kill the cat. She yeah. wants to. <laughs> You, she, she's she's seventeen year, years old and she shot a guy in the throat with a bow. <laughs> and I I remember those kids from high school. They were not good. <laughs> good thing they didn't teach archery at your school. Yeah, well you didn't. They didn't have to. <laughs> but uh, so you like the violence. So basically, if. If uh, the Hunger Games were a real thing, yeah. you would tune in. You would live tweet it. You'd love it. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, well, Let's plumb the depths well, of that, your soul, Sam McGuire. Well, the, the, that's reality TV at the moment is boring. Nobody dies. It's not real. Well, they tried to kill someone in The Bachelor Australia. Oh, really? Yeah, because Amber, you see, Amber, the Canadian, had a, has a really bad allergy to horses. And they were like, we'll send her to a stable. That. <laughs> this is. This it's is, like you don't even read my tweets. <laughs> I, I, I stopped watching TV because, like, I couldn't afford an aerial cord. But um, then I just never stopped. I, I watched some TV with my grandfather last night and. It just made me so sad. Just that that something. It was Gold Coast Cops that got me. Oh God, what's that? Uh, okay, so it was this. It was some ad for a reality TV show about Gold Coast Cops, and it was this cop, like, putting on his bulletproof vest, loading up his gun and stuff, and talking about bikies and. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> It was. It wasn't good. Every time I tune in, like the world's doing a little worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have found. I have found. Yeah, I've had to learn like self care when it comes yeah. to the news. <laughs> yeah. And I just give myself a break sometimes. Like I'm not going to click on that article about another stupid thing that Jackie Lambie has said. <laughs> Yeah, um, my brother likes to check the news in the morning, and he's got a very big fascination with the apocalypse. Mm. And so he'll just start reading out all these news stories about how the world's ending, the Ebola crisis, ISIS, Russia, North Korea. Like, it's this barrage of <laughs> um, apocalypse in the good. morning. No. <laughs> It, I, that, that's why I don't check news sites in the morning. And morning is a fragile time. Yes. For, for quiet and um, drugs with that end with in. <laughs> <laughs> I, I put my most cheerful music on in the morning. Yeah. And just try and remind myself of delicious things that I can yeah. eat if I get out of bed. <laughs> Listen to the birds, watch, watch the sunrise. Yeah. And try try to forget that other people exist and can ruin it. <laughs> that other people are watching the sunrise yeah. and thinking, you know what we should do was ban burkas. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're uh. angry about other people's hats. <laughs> because <laughs> we should all stop wearing clothes in case some people have guns under them. Yeah. Fact. Although I, I think there are a lot of people who would be in favor of that. Yeah. Just n- nude 24-7. Yep. Everyone must be nude now. Everyone moved to far north Queensland. 
the only place where that's bearable. Um, <laughs> well, it's been lovely talking to you, Sam. Yep. Um, where can we, like, what's what's next for you? Where can we find your writing? Your, is your blog my, the best place to go? My, my blog is the best place to go. I'm actually, um, I'm writing a, a series of memoirs about things that I've experienced that haven't really actually happened. They've, so... The fir- the first one was is that uh, fiction? <laughs> no, well, it's it's the first one was about my foray into magic and using magic and meditation as kind of a psychological tool. So, and the sec the second one is a nightmare memoir. So, oh, wow. a memoir of my nightmares. I haven't worked out what the third one's going to be, but it's all on my blog. Cool. That sounds really interesting. I'm really into the idea of magic yeah and also night nightmare memoir because i have the most vivid nightmares oh uh, yeah I'm, I'm the same i um do uh, if like it depends on what uh, what medication i'm taking um i generally have them every night and then i have to kind of sit down and make sense of them in the morning yeah do you write down all your dreams um, a, a good portion of them, a lot of my short stories have been based on dreams that I've had, and I've written a few blog posts that are um, dream-related. It's Sometimes it feels like living uh, two lives, like yeah. the one when you're asleep and the one when you're awake. Yeah. Do you ever wake up and I, I, I frequently can't tell, like in that sort of, like you say, fragile time when you're waking yeah. up, I can't tell what's real and what isn't yeah. for a little while? Yeah, I I've, I have a lot of memories like stored up that I've I don't really know whether I dreamed those ones or not. Yeah. Because my 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 dreams are always very vivid. I'm always convinced they're real, which um which it gets kind of strange when you're kind of running away from the space king of Mars. But well, he's a jerk. He is. Well he known. Is. I'm glad I've got his treasure. <laughs> Oh, I'm really glad to hear that his treasure got taken away from yeah. him because when when I when I was doing his plumbing, yeah, <laughs> when I was a plumber, space plumber, yeah, I, I remember that. that he, you, he underpaid me. You're doing that with your ex landlord, and then my teeth fell out. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had to go into home economics class, and I couldn't remember how to bake a yeah. potato. <laughs> I have a lot of dreams where I go back to high school, but I'm the age I am now. And then I get so angry at the teachers. (laughs) I'm 25 years old. I shouldn't even be here. I had a really elaborate dream one time that I was convinced it was real when I woke up. And I was like, where my job was, I had been hired by a newspaper to go back and pretending to be a high school student. It was basically the plot of never being kissed. Yeah. Uh, and I was 25 at the time. And I woke up and I, I literally woke up and thought, time for another day at work, off to the school, going to go and bust some undercover stories <laughs> wide open. Like, And then I realized that that wasn't my life or my job. And I just felt really sad because it was a pretty cool job. Because <laughs> I would go back to high school and I'd be like pretending to be yeah. an uncertain teen but haha, jokes on you guys. I'm a really cool adult. Yeah. <laughs> Teachers, I don't even need you. Uh, generally, like, it's just me being lost. Like, where yeah. where are my classes? I don't know where my classes are. I don't even remember if I enrolled this year. I'm pretty sure I'm too old to be here. <laughs> I, I, I'm six foot one and I'm in grade eight. <laughs> it, it's just all confusion, like actual high school. That's why it's so hard to tell the difference. Well, that's it. I mean, I th- <laughs> I was very tall in high school, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> I think I was like 5'11 when I was 14. Uh, I was tall with a small guy's personality. <laughs> <laughs> you were a tall jerk. Yeah. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, then things have changed, yeah. haven't they? Because you're lovely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I do it for the compliments. <laughs> Come to the podcast for the compliments. Stay for... Well, we'll figure that out. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get there. 
Sammy Maguire, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for having me. I couldn't help myself, Sam. Sorry. Uh, he's definitely not the lead singer of Wolf Mother. Established that. Um, thank you, Samuel Maguire, so much for being my guest uh, this week. It was just lovely talking to him. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. So I really appreciate it. Uh, episode two. So, you know, I'm still figuring this thing out. So thanks for bearing with me. We have a Tumblr, just a spoonful podcast.tumblr.com. Uh, and I'm still working out the iTunes thing. Um, so the Tumblr is the best place to find episodes right now, but I will get the iTunes thing sorted out and I will let you know. Um, if you really liked what you have listened to and uh, you want to let me know, then my Twitter handle is at kplyley, at K-P-L-Y-L-E-Y. I would love to hear from you. Um, unless you're telling me like that I suck. Um, no, you know what? Tell me anyway. I really, I need to improve. It's mental health week this week. So please go out. There's lots of great resources online, on TV, on the radio. Go and educate yourself. Um, if there's someone in your life you know who has recurring mental health problems, then maybe just check in with them, send them a text, give them a call. Um, really, I think um, like you're not going to embarrass anyone if you just call and say, hey, want to chat. Like, who, you know, give, give people the opening to talk to you and um, let's all look after each other. And I hope you find a spoonful of something to keep you going. 